your name be our petition when we pray, when we pray, when we pray, 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 Lord show us the For wisdom and not reason when you pray, let his name be your petition when you pray. When you pray, oh, when you pray, 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 God, show us the way, show us.
battle-ready prayer. Praises be to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Holy One of Israel, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I give you thanks and praise for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. I give thanks for a mind to pray, a heart to seek your face, and authority to bring my members into subjection. I thank you for this moment and the opportunity that each day brings. I know that each day is special and I am empowered with unlimited potential. There are no ceilings on my life, obstacles that cannot be overcome, or barriers that can stand in my way. In fact, this is the greatest day of my life, and I am free to exercise all of the gifts and talents you have blessed me with. My hopes and dreams can manifest today, and I approach this moment with great expectation for miracles, breakthrough, and deliverance. I stand before you, Lord, naked, offering no excuses or justifications for my shortcomings and weaknesses. I come, Lord, seeking your standard and not those of men. I pray that you will forgive me my sins, known and unknown. Forgive every thought, deed, action, motive, or intent of my heart that is not lined up with your word, your will, or your calling and purpose for my life. Please forgive secret faults and uproot any seed of discontent that has been planted in my life. Forgive me, Lord, if I have held back the tithe, and give me a heart to restore every person that I have wronged. Just as you forgive me, I forgive those that have wronged me, and I let go of any art, bitterness, or ill will that I have held in my heart. I will not allow sin and bitterness to cut off the flow of blessings into my life. I repent right now in the name of Jesus, and I receive the power of the blood to cleanse me from all iniquity. I come before you, Lord, with a heart that is after your own, and a mind that has stayed on you. I thank you, Lord, for saving me from myself and the consequences of sin. I surrender, Lord, and give you total and complete reign over my life. I willingly submit to you in thanksgiving and praise. I thank you, Lord, for the relationship and fellowship that you have allowed me to share with you. I thank you for every moment, prayer, word, and opportunity to gain revelation and understanding concerning you. Forgive me for the times I have taken you for granted or moments where I have allowed my focus and discipline to slip. I choose you, Lord, in all of your benefits and denounce all ties and fellowship with the world. I have no place in the world and denounce everything that it offers. You have given me a choice, Lord, and I choose to be in covenant with you. I have crossed the line of no return, and I will not look back. Each day I am getting more and more like you and growing further and further from this world. My reality in Christ is more real than what my natural eyes behold, and I know that you are not a million miles away. You are right here with me every step of the way. I will have confidence in you, Lord, concerning every situation I face, every decision I make, and every temptation in my path. Give me an ear, Lord, to hear your instruction, eyes that will not be deceived, and a heart that will remain faithful. My life has been built on the foundation that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You died on the cross for my sins and your blood was shed for me. I exercise total faith and confidence in my belief that death was powerless to hold you in the grave and that you rose again and resurrected every dead thing. I receive your resurrection power and declare that there is no dead thing in my life. I speak life in all things pertaining to me. Even now, Lord, I pray that you will breathe life into my relationships, my home, my dreams, my career, and my calling and purpose. Let there be no cracks in my foundation and restore every bone that has been broken. I pray, Lord, that dead branches be pruned for me and my harvest bear much fruit. I offer no resistance and pray that all ungodly distractions be pruned for me, whether they are people, unhealthy relationships, 
environments, dead situations, ungodly influences, or anything that is not expedient for me. I distance myself right now from every dead thing and release them from my life in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that I have inherited life through your sacrifice, forgiveness for my sins through your blood, revelation through your word, and I have been empowered by your spirit. I take precious time, Lord, to fully grasp and consider what my relationship with you means. Help me to never lose sight of the fact that I have an adversary that must be fought each day. My adversary is the world and Satan, who is the prince of this world. The world around me is not my home, and each day it becomes more a reflection of Satan, its prince. I am not ignorant to Satan's devices, and I understand that the world is designed for my destruction. The allurement of pleasure and the temptations that cross my eyes are for the purpose of robbing me of everything I have inherited through Christ. Every trap, every lust, and the pride that is in the world are set against me on all sides. The hope that I have is in patiently walking according to your word and staying firm to the covenant I have made with you. The world cannot strip me of my authority, but I can hand it over. I will not be deceived by what I see, hear, or how I feel. If it is not of God, then it is for my destruction. Help me, Lord, to see the spirit behind the temptation. The word tells me that Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes that I might have life and have it more abundantly. I rebuke and bind every influence that seeks to draw me away from you. For it is nothing more than a gateway to hell and will rob me of my eternal destiny. Father, I know you are able to do all things, and there is nothing that is impossible for you. Right now, Lord, I remember my first love, and I am prepared today to exercise faith in the light of circumstances. Sacrifice my own wants and desires in order to embrace yours. Stand on the word of God, even if it causes me to be peculiar. Deny my flesh and feelings, regardless of the temptation, and not make decisions based on what I see or think. I will forget about the past and press towards the mark. I will walk as a prophet of God, put my head up, and if somebody is there to encourage me, then I will encourage myself. I will not be ashamed to follow the examples of Christ, even in the face of persecution. To think differently in the light of the negative labels and slander I may endure. Nor will I be afraid to take a stand in the minority, even if it seems as if the whole world is standing against me. I am willing to abstain when others are eager to participate, to speak out when my words may cause me to be ostracized, and to believe the Bible even when it is the unpopular thing to do. In other words, I am prepared to live like Jesus. I release my faith right now in the name of Jesus. Whatever situation I'm in, whatever I'm dealing with, and regardless of what odds are against me, I will be steadfast and unmovable. I am an elite company and encompassed about by a great cloud of witnesses. The words of this prayer will comfort me, build up my spirit, man, and encourage me in the way. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I rebuke, bind, and cast down Satan and his forces of darkness from any involvement, activity, or distractions in this prayer. I commission my angels to come against every thought, feeling, influence, and hindrance that is set against me. I stand in the gap for my family and friends and pursue the Lord with all of my heart. Even as I hear the words of this prayer, my body is regenerating itself. My body is preparing itself for another productive day. My body is developing according to your plan and health is being released in all of my organs, tissue, bones, bodily systems, veins, arteries, and muscle. My brain is processing the information consistent with your word and filtering out everything that is not of you. My heart is being protected from all ungodly influences and my innocence is being guarded. I have and will always have a sound mind that is saturated in your word. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, 
I rebuke evil spirits from attaching to me in any way, shape, or form. They have no place, familiarity, or invitation in my life. They do not enter into my eyes, my ears, my mind, or my heart. My spirit, man, has victory over them all the days of my life. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I rebuke, bind, and cast down, and break all generational curses. I decree by the blood of the Lamb and the power given to me as joint heir with Jesus Christ that I will not be the victim of physical, mental, or emotional abuse, nor will I have, serve, or entertain idols or false gods. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I decree that I am not a covenant breaker, and my yea is yea and my nay is nay. I pray, Lord, that you protect me from all hurt, harm, pain, and danger, and those that mean me ill will. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I have the patience of Job, the meekness of Moses, the heart of David, the favor of Joseph, the ear of Samuel, the courage of Joshua, the wisdom of Daniel, the zeal of Peter, the love of John, the faithfulness of Abraham, and the boldness of Paul. I abide in the fruits of the Spirit all the days of my life, and even now these fruits are growing in me. Lord, help me to be a person of great faith, consistent in good deeds, and a constant encourager. I will continue to love you with all of my heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit, and to love my neighbor as myself. In the name of Jesus and the power of your blood, I pray, Lord, that you are first in everything that I do, and I have no priority greater than you all the days of my life. I am eternally connected to you and have an expectation in heaven. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that my face be before the Lord always and that your angels encamp around me and deliver me. Order my steps in the word and design my days according to your will. The Lord touches my mouth and puts his words in it. Lord, I will go wherever you send me and speak whatever you give me to speak. I am not afraid of their faces because your sword protects me at all times. Father, you are my sustainer, my provider, my comforter, my guide, my strength, and most of all, my friend. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I equip myself right now with the whole armor of God that I am covered from head to toe in every aspect of my life. There should be no parts of my life that are exposed on the inside or out, but all should be covered by the blood of Jesus. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I put on the helmet of salvation. I have been redeemed from all traces of poverty, and I rebuke and bind a poverty spirit. You supply all of my needs, and I am blessed all the days of my life. In the name of Jesus, I speak abundant harvest in my life. My bank accounts are overflowing, and my barns are full. The blessings of the Lord overtake and pursue me all the days of my life. I speak financial security and wholeness over my family and the perfect will of God in my life. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I rebuke, bind, and curse the spirit of death. I shall not see untimely death, nor shall death have any hold over me. I shall fulfill all of my days, months, hours, years, minutes, and seconds. I have divine order in my life, and death has no grip on me. A thousand shall fall by my side, and ten thousand by my right hand, but it shall not come nigh me. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, my feet are shod with the gospel of peace. Peace rests upon me and covers my mind and heart. I have peace in the midst of storms, chaos, and confusion. Your peace comforts me in times of trial and sustains me from being weary. It surpasses all understanding, rendering logic helpless, and my faith sustains me. Father, you are an awesome God. You are not a million miles away, but right here with me each and every day. You walk with me, talk with me, and guide me every step of the way. You love me, and I rest in you, and I know that you are my God. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I have been empowered with the sword of the Spirit, and I have authority over all power of Satan. I rejoice and celebrate that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. 
The sword of the Lord shall never depart from me, and I speak boldness into my spirit. I rebuke, bind, and cast down the spirit of fear. You have not given me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. When I walk through the waters, you are with me. When I go through the rivers, you help me. And when I pass through the fire, the flame does not kindle upon me. You have set your love upon me, and you protect me all the days of my life. The hedge of protection rests on me, and your fire shall be in my spirit. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, the shield of faith is an extension of my arm. My faith shall not fail me, and I trust in the Lord with all of my heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. If you said it, then I know that you will do it. You shall not withhold any good thing from me, and you are able to perform your word in my life. I fortify my faith by releasing the promises of God into my life. Every word you have spoken concerning my destiny shall be established and come to pass, and my enemies shall not prevail against me. In the name of Jesus, I pray over my marriage. I pray that my marriage will continue to be everything that the word of God called it to be. My marriage shall be built on faithfulness, trust, loyalty, and a mutual love of God. You shall be the head of my house, at the center of everything we do, and the word of God shall be the binding and vital authority in all matters. I am God's ambassador in my house, and I shall cover my spouse all the days of my life, through my word, examples, character, and deeds. My marriage is blessed and washed in the blood, and shall weather any challenges that arise against it. Our love continues to grow stronger each day, as the Lord allows us to see more of him in one another. If I am single, then I confess total contentment within myself, wholeness in my life, patience to wait on God, and security in Christ. I am a person of high self-esteem and significant value to the kingdom. I will not compromise my covenant with God, nor will I allow fear to cause me to operate in the fleshly realm. I exercise complete and total control over my mind, my will, and my emotions, and I do not leave any doors open for Satan to sneak in. I understand that every relationship is not for me. Every person does not have my best interests. All that glitters isn't gold, and every sugary thing is not sweet. In the name of Jesus, I will not be distracted by counterfeits and wolves in sheep's clothing. I will not lower my biblical expectations, nor will I give in to the pressures of the world. I have total confidence in God and the plan that he has for my life. In the name of Jesus, I surrender my children to you, Lord. And trust you to impart me with the ability and wisdom to raise them in the fear of the Lord. I make a commitment to my children to openly receive the instruction in your word on how to raise them, love them, and properly present them before you at that day. I pray that your calling and purpose will be fulfilled in them and ask that you guide and direct me in all matters concerning them. I shall be careful to represent you before them in everything that I say or do. I commit to live holy before them and set godly examples for them to follow. I shall not be a hypocrite, and I shall practice what I preach. I shall be a provider and protector for them, and make whatever sacrifices are necessary to ensure them a wonderful life. I shall fight to preserve their innocence and protect them from the brainwashing of the world. My expectation in them shall come to pass, and the blessings set out in your words shall be established in them. My children shall see you in everything that I say and do. In the name of Jesus, I seal my soul to the words of this covenant, that it is the declaration of my heart, that every word be lined up with the perfect will of God, and line by line with his understanding. Let the Lord Jesus Christ be the final arbitrator of my mind and heart, and that this covenant be in all ways pleasing in the sight of God. I thank you, Lord, that you love me, and that you hear me. I thank you, Lord, for a mind to share intimate fellowship with you. I thank you that these words shall be established in my heart and mind, that they shall be a part of me and guide and direct my paths at all times. 
I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity and this second chance. I look forward to your return, and I know that nothing that I have done or sacrificed has been in vain. Thank you for this life, who I am in Christ, and for all blessings you have bestowed upon me. Amen. Amen. I tell you, that's a wonderful prayer. I love yes, it. it is. I love it. Yes, I do. And we just want to welcome you to LPJ 64, or Vincent Mississippi Bible Study Hour. So we thank you for joining us. If this is the first time, welcome. And if you've been coming before, welcome back. Welcome back, yes. Yes, welcome so, back. That's right. We're going to be talking about worship the creator. Worship the creator. The creator. That's right. We're going to go to Old Testament in Isaiah 58, verse 6 and 7. Whether is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of the wickedness, to undo the bands of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, that you break every enslaving yoke. Verse 7. It is it not to divide your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, that you cover him, and that you hide not yourself from the needs of your own flesh and blood. Mm. Amen. So... Even a quick reading of the Old Testament prophets alerts us to their concerns above, I mean, about the mistreatment of the poor and the oppressed. The prophets and the God for whom they spoke were outraged about what they saw being done in all the surrounding nations. But they also had a particular sense of anger and grief at the acts of iniquity done by God's people themselves, those who have been the recipients of so many divine blessings. Given their history, as well as their God-given laws, these people should have known better. But unfortunately, that wasn't always the case, and prophets had a lot to say about this sad state of events. You know, it is interesting to discover, too, that many of the best-known statements concerning justice and injustice from the Old Testament prophets were actually given in the context of instruction about worship. Worship, amen. You amen. know, we, we tend to um, take that lightly, but I think we really need to pay attention to what the Lord is saying, even about worship and how are we supposed to take care of the poor and those that are in need? But we are so focused on yes. self-indulgence yes. that we can't see beyond that. Yeah, we're so focused on self mm -hmm. uh, that we can't see the need of others. Uh, and we're so focused on taking care of self and doing for self uh, that we have uh, we don't have the need to help anyone else because it's all about <clears throat> self. Exactly. And God is wanting us to see the need of others before you see the need, need of yourself. yourself. Because he he can take care of your needs. Yes. He says, so if you've done unto one of those little ones there, you've done, done unto, me. unto me. So 
He wants us to look at the need of others before you look at your own needs. Because he said, esteem others better than you do yourself. So that's what he wants us to do, is to take care of our brothers and our sisters' needs, and he'll take care of yours. That's right. So that's correct. So as we will see, true worship is not just something that happens during a religious ritual. True worship also is about living a life that shares God's concern for the well-being of others and that seeks to lift up those who have been downtrodden and forgotten. Well, you think about Jesus Christ. If God had only thought about himself, we wouldn't he, be here. We wouldn't be here. Right. Because he wouldn't have sent his only son to the cross to die for us. But our sinful nature, we lived in sin, not Jesus. Right. We created sin, not Jesus. Mm. We needed a savior, not Jesus. Right. So that goes to show you right there, if he had thought of just of himself, he would not have sent his son. He exactly. thought of us. He wanted us to be saved. He, we needed a savior, and he sent one because he loved us more than he loved anything in the world. So he sent someone to save us. Exactly. So he wanted us to feel the same way about someone else. It's exactly. a deal, even if it's our last. Right. And see, that's what we got to understand. It's like in, uh, he talked about idolatry and oppression. See, soon after God led the people, of Israel out of Egypt, he met with them at Mount Sinai, giving them the Ten Commandments in written form, including the first two commandments about not worshiping other idols and not making idols. So in response, the people promised to do everything they had been commanded and to live as his people. But when Moses was gone, up the mountain and stayed there for almost six weeks. And the people began to wonder what had become of him. Under pressure from the mob, Aaron made a golden calf and led the people in making sacrifices before it. After which they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. So both the Lord and Moses were outraged at how quickly the people had turned away from God to idol worship. And it seemed that it was only Moses' intercession that saved Israel from its deserved punishment. That's right. I mean, you know, and, and, and they said they had seen what God had did for them. God freed them from slavery. God fed them. Mm -hmm. God did all of that for them. And they saw what God had did, but yet, they turn their back on him. You know, we got to remember, and, and that's, they've done that. We do that time and time again. The history of the kings of Israel and Judah is punctuated by periods of what? Idolatry, mm -hmm. which include the outrageous acts some of the kings led their people to commit in the worship of these gods. Such unfaithfulness was a reoccurring focus of the prophets God sent in order to call the people back to him. So 
We're going to go to Psalm 115 in the Old Testament. Psalm 115, 1 through 8. One fifteen, one through 8. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be of glory, for your mercy and loving kindness, and for the sake of your truth and faithfulness. Why should the nation say, Where is now their God? But our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. The idols of the nations of silver and gold and work of man's hands they have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Noses have they, but they smell not. They have hands, but they handle not. Feet that they, but they walk not. Neither can they make a sound with their throats. They who make idols are like them. So all who trust in and lean on them. And see, we as humans, there's a human tendency that we become, excuse me, like or like the thing or person we worship and focus on. Right. So if we idolize, just like you're saying, when you idolize some of these stars, you want to dress like them, you want to look like them. Right. So you become, become like them. Become like them. That's, That's right. right. We want to be like them, we want to look like them, we want to dress like them, we want to walk like them, talk like them. I mean, we want to become every aspect of them. That's correct. See, so that's your God. That's who you have made your God. Exactly. And God have warned us of that. He told us to stop it. Over and over. Not to put no other gods before him. So if you think that you haven't made that your God, then let me tell you, yes, you have. That's right, because it, so it was only natural that concern for others and for justice would diminish when God's people turned from worshiping a God of justice to worshiping the false gods of the surrounding nations, who were often styled as being of war or fertility. When they chose other gods, the people changed their attitude in a lot of things, including how they treated others. Had they been faithful to the Lord, they would have shared his concern for those in need among them. So that's very true. If you idolize a person and they're selfish and it's all about this, then you become just like that too. Yes, you become what you eat. He said you become what you continue to behold every day. That's right. That's right. If you behold that, you become that. Mm. So that's, that's, that's also a part of worship. People didn't understand that. that how, is, you, how you treat your brother and your sister. There is. That is. If you worship that, then you uh, build yourself around that, and that becomes you. You become it. Why? Right. So, so when you focus on the need for others, then it helps you to understand what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. On the cross, that's right. That's why he tell you to do that so you can understand the need of others and not always about you. 
So this is the reason why a reason to worship. So throughout the Bible, God's people are urged to worship God. But we also are repeatedly offered reasons for doing so. We are told to worship him because of who he is, what he has done, and because of his many attributes. Among these are his goodness, justice, and mercy. So when we are reminded of what God is like, what he has done for us, especially on the cross, and what he promises to do, none of us should ever be without reason to worship and praise God. That's right. Ever. Because he's your Savior. Let me, your Savior. Do you know he, if he hadn't came, you and I would not be here today? That's correct. He's your Savior. He's your Creator. And what He continues to do for us every day. Yeah. So He deserves your worship. He deserves your praise. Amen. He, de he deserves everything you have. He deserves it. Every breath you take is of God. That's right. He deserves it. You know, and He's such a good God that He don't demand it. He just Leave it for you to give he it. Leave it up to you. Leave it up to you to give it. Amen. He sure does. If you want to, you can. If you don't, you don't have to. But it's up to you. But you'll be the one to regret it if you do not give it. He'll allow you to be here to serve who you choose. So if you want to serve your idols, he'll allow you to be here on this earth that he has created to serve your idols. And that's a God of love. That's a God of love. And that you serve who you choose to serve. That's right. He give you that. And he give you that right and he don't take it away from you. Right. You take it away from yourself. That's by correct. choosing who you want to serve. Who you want to serve. That's a good God. That's a mighty God we serve. So such reasons for worship were not new to God's people. Some of the most enthusiastic times of worship of the newly freed Israelites happened in response to the obvious intervention of God on their behalf. For example, after being brought out of Egypt and crossing the Red Sea, Moses and Miriam led the people in singing praise to God for what they had just seen and been rescued from. So it's not nothing new. They seen with their own eyes what God did, so they praised them. They praised and lifted up. They saw what God did. They saw the mercy. They saw the healing. They saw the, the things that God did for the, the people. So they could do nothing but praise him and lift him up and thank him. That's because right. the mercy was there right before their eyes. And so they seen it, so they praised him. So God's justice and mercy, as revealed in such events, were not to be forgotten. As the people kept these stories alive by retelling them regularly, the acts and justice of God continued to be an inspiration for their worship years later and in following the following generations. One example of this retelling worship is recorded in uh, Deuteronomy. Let's go to Deuteronomy uh, chapter 10. 
Deuteronomy chapter 10, 17. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, the terrible God who is not partial and takes no bribes. He executes justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the stranger or temporary residence and gives him food and clothing. Therefore, love the stranger and sojourner, for you were strangers and sojourners in the land of Egypt. And you shall reverently fear the Lord your God. You shall serve him and cling to him, and by his name and presence you shall swear. He is your praise. He is your God who have done for you these great and terrible things which your eyes have seen. Your fathers went down to Egypt, 70, 17 persons in all, and now the Lord your God has made you as the stars of the heaven for the multitude. So as they kept this alive, they were able to continue for generations and generations to praise God. Well, I mean, we just think about it. But we see, we take so many things for granted. Yes, we do. That we don't see how much God do for us. Oh, we forget and, what and, He's done. Well, we, we, we take it for granted it, it, <clears throat> as if we do it ourselves. Mm -hmm. You don't wake yourself up. Nope. Neither do you put yourself to sleep. No, we don't. Well, you know you've been asleep when you wake up. You know you went to sleep when you wake up. Yeah. You get up when God pick you up. When you wake you up. When you stand up when God stand you up. But we take these things for granted if, yes, if we did it on ourselves. our own. Amen. These are all grace and mercy that God gives us. Every day. But we are so centered mm. and prideful that we do not look at these gifts and mercies that God gives us every day. Over and over. Their touch, mm -hmm. smell, hear. Our eyesight. Eyesight or grace and mercy that God gives us every day. That being able to taste. And being able right. to taste. These are things that God is so good by allowing us to have them every day. And we take it for granted, and if we do these things on our own, that we forget to say, Lord, thank you for your mercy Amen. and your grace for me being able to taste and see and feel. That God is good. See, because God mm -hmm. is good. Amen. So we see, his, we see his power every day we wake up. But we are too selfish and prideful to accept that and thank him for it. That's right, because see, God's justice is first, simply part of who he is, a core component of his essential character. We're going to go to Job chapter 34. Almighty will pervert justice. And then 
in the uh, Amplified Version, it says, Truly God will not do wickedly, neither will the Almighty pervert justice. So God is just and is concerned with justice. And that is a reason to worship and praise Him. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That is a reason, a reason to praise Him just because He's God. If He don't do nothing for you, that's a reason to praise Him. Because He's God. But mm -hmm. this gives you even more reason to praise Him is because He's, he's a just. just God. He's Amen. a just God. That's even more reason to praise That's Him. Even more Hallelujah. Reason. Thank you, Jesus. That's even more. That's right. And second, God's justice is seen in His just and righteous acts on behalf of His people. All right. And on behalf of all who are poor and oppressed. His justice is never merely a description of his character. Rather, the Bible portrays a God who heard the cry of the needy. So we're going to go down to the verse 28 and 34. It says, So that they caused the cry of the poor to come to him, and he heard the cry of the afflicted. So again, he hears the cries of his people. Right. He heard the cry of That's Israel right. and he brought them out of bondage, correct? He heard that prayer. He heard their prayer. He heard the cries. He yes. heard their prayers and cries. I mean, he came to their aid. That's right. Now, that's a good God. That's, that's a just God. Yes, that's a prayer God. He is. He is. Let me tell you, if you don't know it, you need to know it. You need to hear it. You need to know it right today because... He had probably came to many of your prayers. That's right. Answered oh, yeah. many of yours. He did. Absolutely. So we're going to uh, take a break in a few minutes. Let me finish reading this. And it says, And it is active and anxious to right the wrongs that are so obvious in our world. Ultimately, this will be fully realized in God's final judgment and its recreation of the world. So we want you to keep it locked in on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour. And we're going to come back and talk some more about Worship the Creator. He blessed me once. He blessed me twice. I've been living on his goodness. So good to me, real good, real good, real good. Hey, just tell somebody he's a dead raiser. And tell somebody else, I don't know what you've been. But I know I'm a used to be. He made a used to be somebody. And I want to thank the Lord. I want to thank the Lord for his goodness. Listen, y'all. We don't want to wake up everybody in this house. But just look at somebody and tell them, I'm in depth up to my neck. Tell them how old the Lord I owe the Lord. 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 I owe the
All y'all that sure enough saved and sanctified and baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost and fire, let me hear you say fire! Amen. That's what I call worship music. That's what I call that. That's worship. That's what you call worship. Worship. That's right. Amen. That's why you tell us worship the Creator. Amen. That is worship. There. So if you just join us, thank you. We have been talking about worship the Creator right here on LPJ sixty four with Mister and Mrs. Sweet Thing mm-hmm. Bible Study Hour. That's power in that. During the better times of the kingdoms of Israel and Judah, the people will return to the temple and the worship of God. Although, even then, their worship was often mixed with inroads from idolatry and the religions of the surrounding nation. Just like like what we're doing now. Just like today. We're doing the same thing today. That's right. God is unhappy with it. That's like he's saying, but according to the prophets, even their best attempts at religion were not enough to turn them from the evil perpetrated in the land in their daily lives. And no matter how hard they worked at being religious through their rituals of worship, Hmm. the music of their hymns could not drown out the cries of the poor and the oppressed. Oh my and God is unhappy the poor and the oppressed. God is very unhappy the so way. It's the same thing that's happening now. That's right. The we got all being... the cries of the oppressed and the poor, but what are we doing? What are we really doing about it? Are we listening? No. Are we going, oh yeah, let's go out in the highways and the byways and Help those that need to hear about the gospel. That's what they need to hear about it. Take that word to them. Take it to the street. No, we want them to come to us. Everybody's not going to come in that building. Everybody's not coming in that building. We got to take it to them. We got to get this word and take it to them and feed them. They're hungry. Take it to them. Feed them. Freedom. That's right. If we look in um, Amos, in the Old Testament, Amos chapter 8 and verse 4, he said, Hear this, O you who will swallow up and trample down the needy, even to make the poor of the land and to fail and come to an end. He saw their desire to get down with their rituals so they can reopen the market and get back to their dishonest trades, that of buying the poor with silver and needy for a pair of sandals. Mm-hmm. We're going to look at, um, we in 8, so we're going to go to verse 6. So in verse 6, it said that we may buy into slavery the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals. Mm-hmm. Yes, and sell the refuse of the wheat. As if it were good grade. Mm-hmm. This is what we 
what we're doing today. That's what we're doing today. We're doing that right today. God, that's why God is unhappy. That's why he called yeah. us the Leather Sin Church. Because we so caught up and I'm rich. I don't have no need of nothing. nothing. I, don't, I mean, we got everything we need. That's right. But what about your brothers and your sisters out there? That do not have what you have. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they haven't heard the word. They're not familiar with the word. They're not familiar with the love of God. They, they don't know about God's love. They don't know about God. And you're not taking it to them. You're sitting up in your little four corner in your comfort zone and won't leave saying, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay. And you know I'm, what? I'm paying my tithes, and I'm here every Sabbath, and I'm I'm doing okay. Okay? No. No, you're not. Because you need to go out and reach that brother that won't come between them four walls with you. That's right. And we're going to go to uh, Amos chapter 5 now. We're going to Amos 5, chapter 5, and verse 21. Okay. Amos. You know right one, Amos. Oh, I was already there, wasn't I? Five, Five, yep. And starting at verse 21. See, what was the Lord telling these religious people about their rituals? In Amos 5, 21, he said, I hate, I despise your feast, mm. and I will not smell a savior or take delight in your solemn assemblies. Though you offer me your burnt offerings and your cereal offerings, I will not accept them, neither will I look upon the peace or thank offering of your fatted beast. Mm. 23. Take away from me the noise of your songs, for I will not listen to the melody of your harps. But let justice run down like waters, and righteousness as a mighty and ever-flowing stream. So what is, what is God saying here? The Lord is saying... I don't want that. What you're doing is in vain. That's why he says, shut shut to the melody of your instruments. Shut them off. He's going to shut his ears off. Shut it off. He's going to shut his ears off. Shut. I don't want to hear it. Because y'all ain't right. Shut. I don't don't, I just don't want to hear it. He's shutting his ears off to all of that. Be quiet. Because you're not taking the what? You're not taking care of the poor. You're not taking care of the poor. And, and we're going to go to uh, Micah. We're going to go to another scripture. Okay, but where are we going at? Old Testament, Micah. Okay, Micah. M-I-C-A-H. Oops. Micah 6, 6 through 8. I'm Micah, not Malachi. Oh, Micah. Micah. Okay, I misunderstood. M-I-C-A-H. Six. six and starting at uh, verse six through eight. Okay. With, with what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before Him with burnt offering, with cows a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with ten thousands of rivers of oils? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgressions? the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul. He has shown you, O man, what is good. What does the Lord require of you but to do justly, 
to love kindness and mercy, and to humble yourself and walk humbly with your God. Mm -hmm. This is what he's telling us to do. That's right. Justice and mercy. That's what he requires of you. Yes. He requires it of you and me and whomever if you're walking with him. That's right. If you're walking with him. So what else do you need to know? Love, mercy. Um, Do what's right. That's right. And walk without pride before your God. That's right. Without pride. And that's what we have too much of today. Yes. We got a lot of pride. And you say, a man with pride cannot enter, cannot enter my he kingdom. will not. There is no room for a man with pride. So, we got to dump it. We exactly. got to dump it. We got to dump that pride. So through his prophets, God uses strong language to ridicule religion and worship that is disconnected from and in contrast with the suffering and oppression of those around him. You know, we read of God saying that he hates, despises, and is generally disgusted by their worship. Their gatherings are described as stench, and their offerings and music are dismissed as less than worthless. So in Micah 6, we see a series of increasingly inflated even mocking suggestions as to how they can most appropriately worship God. The prophet mockingly offers the suggestion of burnt offerings, then increase the offerings to thousands of rams with 10,000 rivers of olive oil before going to the horrific but not unknown extreme of suggesting sacrificing his first born child to gain God's favor and forgiveness. So in the end though, what the Lord truly wanted them was to actually to act justly and to love mercy and walk humbly with God. That's and all that's what he asked every single one of us to do. That's what he And that do. is worship. That is true worship. That's true worship. That's true worship. True worship. So what part of that do we not understand? I think we're so caught up in what we eat, so caught up in our tithes and offering, till we can't even see what the Lord is telling us about the oppressed and the poor. Well, we can't really see what true worship is because we think this is what God wants. Wow. We can't see what God really wants. We're thinking that we know what he wants. That's right, because all he's saying is to do what's right. Mercy. Love mercy. Mm-hmm. Love mercy. Loving and mercy. Loving your brother. Yes. And giving mercy where it's needed. There you go. That's better than anything. Giving them mercy even when they don't deserve it. When because they don't we deserve. don't deserve it, but God still gave us mercy. You'll go to church and pay your tithe, but you haven't given mercy anywhere. You think God's happy with that? No. No, he's not. But if you don't have tithe and you're given mercy, God loves that. That's right. So, well, we better understand that. So, a way to worship, in their estimation of relationship between worship and justice, there is another step 
urged by the prophets that active concern for reliving the poor and oppressed and helping those in need is an important part of worship, just like we said. So as we have seen previously, this criticism is addressed to people who are religious. That's right. They seem to be earnestly seeking God, but apparently it is not working. So God says they should try to change, try changing how they worship to try a different way of serving God. Mm -hmm. So if we were to choose how they would worship, it would be loose, it would loose the chains of the injustice and untie the cause of the yoke to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. And that was in Isaiah 58 and 6. In other words, the Lord said, if you do what's right and show mercy, you will untie the cords of yoke and break every yoke, break every chain. So he just told you, try a new way to worship. To worship. Just the old way y'all doing, paying your tithes, being mad, stumping your feet, how to praise the Lord, but you haven't loved our brother as you love thyself. Wow. You haven't given mercy to our brother as you want mercy. Then you need to try that way. That's right, because he's telling us they also, as we do, will feed the homeless, give shelter to the homeless, and help those that are in need. There you go. Do unto them as you wish them to do unto, unto you. you. So such activities are not presented as the only way to worship. But God does urge them as a way to worship and a form of worship that might be preferable to some of the people's more traditional worshiping practices. Nah, there you go. As such, worship is not only inwardly focused, but something that brings blessings to all those around the worshipers of God. The true purpose of religion is to release men from their burdens of sin, to eliminate intolerance and oppression, and to promote justice, liberty, and peace. Otherwise, God wants you to do something that would give him the glory and take the light off of you. That's right. That's what he wants. He's tired of you doing things that always puts you in the spotlight. That is no good. He wants us to help release these people from that burden of sin. That's right. And that would give him the glory. That would put the, the glory in God's hand. He's tired of man not doing anything for anybody but himself. Boy, we got so self sinner. Yeah. Yeah, we have, because, you know, and, and what he's saying, um, God promised in uh, Isaiah 58 blessings in response to this form of worship. And, and in effect, God is saying that if the people were to be less focused on themselves, there you go. they would find God working with them, through them, to bring healing and restoration. I read Joey's focus. We are so focused on ourselves. We are that focused on ourselves. Wow. God wants us to get our eyes off ourselves and put 
I earned upon him what it belonged. That will allow, that will allow the glory to be go. Given to where to, be given to God. And that's right, be given to God when we get to focus off ourselves. Okay. Right now, when we walk up in the church, you want everybody to know, I'm a deacon. I'm a head deacon. I'm, I'm a elder. usher. I'm the, you want everybody to know who you are and what your job is in the church. Wow. Well, that takes the glory off of God right there. Right. Right. You want that to stop. Because you ain't nobody. You can't give life. You can't get life. You can't do nothing. You ain't got no hell. You ain't got no heaven. So who are you? God died for your sins just like he did mine. That's right. And you struggling just like I'm struggling to do right. Trying to make it in. Trying to make it in. So God is saying, give me the glory. Live. What you so, preach. Yeah, live what you preach. Walk the walk so they can see the glory in me. That's right. They can see Amen. Jesus in us so they can give God the glory. There you go. That's so what we we're just want to thank you for joining us tonight when we're talking about worship the Creator and uh, the ways to worship Christ. So we're going to play a song. We'll come back with closing prayer and closing comments. We want you to keep it locked in on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour.